Thomas Ross Parry. Matthew Stephen Boyle. How are you doing? The sun is out, and I'm sure you have been playing many video games instead of enjoying its wonderful, glorious rays. Uh, not too many. Ooh, I've been in the UK, so I haven't really played that many either. Oh. How do you do a video games podcast when you haven't played any video games? We'll see what goes. It's Tom and Matt Attack. Video games, yeah, yeah. Um, video games. Well, I have I have actually been playing one particular game. Well, actually, a couple, couple of games. Uh, the the games I have talked about previously. How about you? What have you been um, uh, playing? I well, I I got back from the UK. I mm-hmm. I can tell some stories of my jollies there. Um, I bought some video games. Um, I haven't played any of them. But I I got back and I I did play a little bit of the cyberpunk um, as I promised I would, um, and I also played a bit more of Elden Ring. So I I guess I could talk a little bit about that. But Tom Parry, One Piece update. I'm now up to date with the One Piece. It's funny you've been really watching One Piece. And I haven't been watching One Piece at all. I, I actually haven't watched it for a couple of weeks. There is a point, Tom Parry. I think in most arcs of One Piece, where it really sinks its little tendrils into you. Yeah, and you I am not at no that choice. point. They're climbing up to a snowy uh, castle to find a witch to heal Nami at the minute. Yes. Yeah. You are about to meet Tom Parry if you haven't already. The illustrious Tony Tony Chopper. Yeah. No, I haven't. Or I haven't met uh, Tony Tony Chopper yet. Uh, but I've met some uh, crazy. Uh, bunny rabbits yes yeah yeah there's some there's some weird stuff in the next couple of episodes i'm just gonna throw that out to you also one of the most heartbreaking scenes i've seen in anything so prepare yourself for that all right okay i shall do you know i've really got to watch it i've been watching the shenmue anime as well uh the last episode i saw was i think episode five which is the last episode um, in Yokosuka, so it's the last episode of Shenmue 1. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm actually quite excited to watch the next one. I should get on to that. Where Is Rio there any will fo- arrive in Hong Kong. Does he race a forklift? Does he raise a forklift? Race a forklift. Race a forklift. No, he never races a forklift. You never see him race a forklift. So, it's a fake Shenmue anime, is what you're telling me. <laughs> it's, it's not worth seeing. Does he ask anyone if they've seen any sailors? Yes. Good. At yeah. least there's that. In the Does he feed a cat? Thing. Does he go back and forth to a temple several times during each episode to feed a cat? No. What are you watching? What what filth? What perverse? <laughs> it's actually really good. It's very close to the story, though it does omit uh, certain things. To, I'm sure it the, does. It, it's probably aware pacing, of its pacing. I yeah. <laughs> I think. But, um, yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, I wonder if they'll have the bit on the boat, because uh, originally there was um, something that happened on the boat, which was cut out of Temu 2. Yeah, um, I suppose. Uh, you think so they're going to slip that in? I would like them to, but I have a feeling that that probably won't happen because it's 
if it wasn't in the games, I don't think it's important enough to be put in the uh, the anime. Do you think that um, Isuzuki is going to be George R. R. Martin'd by the Shenmue anime? And by that, I mean he will be working on Shenmue 4 and whatever other grand adventures he wants to have in the Shenmue universe. Uh-huh. But the anime will prove so popular and be able to be developed so much faster because it's, it's got say. an editor. Yeah, I, but... I feel that he might even just finish it on the anime as opposed to uh, make any more games. I mean, from the sounds of your experience with Shenmue 3, maybe that's for the best. I don't know. Yeah, Shenmue 3 is... Uh, if you're a Shenmue fan, you're going to want to play through it all and you, there's going to be a lot to appreciate. But, you know, there's going to be a few... Uh, tedious parts and frustrating parts along the way i'm afraid yeah if you want to know what they are listen to previous episodes of tom Matt attack because <laughs> well, uh, tom goes into them at length or and you put could me off playing it watch me play it there's an entire That's playthrough true. of shamu 3 uh on youtube <laughs> i had forgotten there was a tom plays of this this is true blastprocess.com on youtube if you want to watch that yeah yeah um everything i recorded absolutely everything i did on that game even the hour i spent fishing so okay good <laughs> Good. I'm glad that you gave people the authentic Shenmue 3 experience, Tom Parry. I certainly did. Uh, yeah. So yeah. That, that's anime covered for this week. That's anime covered. <laughs> We've ticked that off. That is a, a compulsory. I, oh, I just want to say, man, like, I don't know how I... It's kind of always been frustrating as someone watching One Piece and, like, waiting for Crunchyroll to put it out. But now I am up to date. Now that I have finally gotten to the point where i'm like oh great i can watch the anime as a weekly show um it's on indefinite hiatus because people hacked toei and apparently damaged the files for the episode so who knows when i'm gonna get to continue watching it as an anime and Hmm. um i was then fortunate enough whereas you guys have the shonen jump app in the uk here in denmark we have an app that is called manga plus and all Manga Plus really does is allow you to read the newest chapter. So if you want to go back and read everything, you can't really do that. But they have this weird thing on at the moment where they're just allowing you to read really, really popular manga for free for a year. You can only read it once. Like, once you've burnt that chapter, it's done. But I was like, okay, cool. I'll read the next 40 chapters of One Piece. This isn't going to take me very long to get up to date. Um, I, I want to watch it in anime because, like... As, as cool as it is, I was actually just taking screen grabs of panels and going like, wow, that's pretty. That's a pretty amazing moment. I bet that would be really cool in the anime. Um, I'm now up to date, and Oda is, is taking some time off after just dropping the the most cliffhanger-y thing of this entire series. And so I'm just like, oh, no. Now I'm, now I'm in the trap where I can't just binge One Piece. I need to wait and, like have patience and i don't know when that's going to work it's going to be interesting i wish i was in your position with one piece i'd have started it well actually you didn't start ages ago you've actually watched it all in a relatively short space of time i watched watched it in like two years yeah considering how long it's been around well uh, yeah yeah i I I would have been great to have been there from the beginning and enjoying it and then right now just just soaking up everything new as as it um appears I just, I bounced off it. Like, I, I tried to watch one or two episodes. I think it was on Cartoon Network. I think it was on Toonami or something in the UK. And the dub was so bad. And it was just a weird, it was a weird episode of surrounding Usopp 
and something... I can't even remember what episode it is. But all the pirates looked really weird. Usopp looked really weird, and I thought the dub was bad. And so I was just like, oh, okay, I'm not going to watch this. I heard that Oda actually picked the actors for the English dub. I don't think they're very good. Like, I, I don't <laughs> well, know, Unless man, there's like, more than one dub of it, I don't know. Maybe, or maybe it was just cut weirdly for TV. Who knows? There was just something off-putting about it that I was like, no, I'm not into this. It's not like I watched it from the start. I just watched a random episode. Yeah. yeah. But I wish I had not done that. I wish I would have just tried to read the manga because I think I would have fallen in love with it oh, like, like, years like, ago. Just like I did. Yeah. To be fair, though, had I fallen in love with One Piece before going to Japan, I think my Japan trips would be very different. <laughs> I think I would just have <laughs> loads of statues around the house. Yeah. Anyways, that is enough. One Piece. Trust me, if you have if you haven't read One Piece, give it a go. It's really good. Okay, uh, I can anyways. Uh, testify to that. Yeah. So yeah. you've been playing Cyberpunk. Tell me about. I have. Your, um, if you have, what are your latest feelings on Cyberpunk? Uh, your request i i played a bit more of the cyberpunk i'm not i was hoping to get to the end of this big mission but there was two little side mission things that set up this bigger first heist that you're doing Hmm. um i think it's quite interesting like i i don't get a lot of the the harshness around the story of this game like i think the narrative in it is actually it seems pretty well thought out i like the characters i like yeah the intrigue and like the little breadcrumbs they're laying. I haven't met Keanu yet, so I'm sure when I do, I'll be like, oh, Keanu. I, w- I will say it's really interesting how they uh, decided that they give the first five hours away free as a trial, right? Yeah. Because it's after the first five hours that things, that Keanu becomes obviously more, more of a focal point. I think it's just very good at like, laying yeah. the breadcrumbs of what this game is and i think i did the is it mind dance mind uh brain dance brain dance like i did the brain dance tutorial so essentially what this is i think you've touched virtual upon it reality yeah it's kind of like virtual reality you going into someone's memories and doing like a detective sequence so you can rewind and fast forward you can isolate the visual stuff so you can scan things in the environment you the can sound. do that with sounds you can listen and to people's heat. conversations and heat so you can see things like uh, the tutorial you have to find a fridge it really is a lot like a point and click adventure you just have to scroll across the screen and find the points of interest and yeah. scan them or yeah and it will show you on the timeline uh, of the sequence where there's something interesting so you know yes. like the point in the sequence that you have to scan and search so you don't have to do the whole thing because that'd yeah. be quite difficult uh so it's clever I, they're not my favorite part of the game but i do like that they add a bit of variety to it and a bit of uh detective work i think it's pretty neat it was mm. one of those things that i was like oh, okay like I, I i think it adds something to that game like i said i'm sure there was a game who did something similar to this a couple of years ago it won a couple of awards i can't remember if it was soma or one of those games where mm. you where you played someone who was like going in and viewing murders through the perspective of someone who'd been killed, and yeah, but then the thing is, yeah, stuff. you initially see from the person's perspective, uh, yeah. but then you can sort of take yourself out of the body of the person, yeah. and and then look around the the area. Uh, yeah, these these turn up every now and again in the game, and yeah, they do offer some variety. In the I gameplay. think they're pretty fun. I I, I liked it a lot. Um, 
one thing I'm not really a fan of, and like, is the one thing that kind of stuck out in my brain as like, mm, I don't really like this. Is the driving? I know you said to me before we started recording, you didn't have a problem with it. It yeah. just feels too floaty. It feels. I like, like the driving in the game. Oh, I don't have I an don't. issue with it. Yeah, I'm. I'm quite happy driving around. And later on, you do racing as well. Yeah, and that's fine too. I don't I just, with that. I think the way the city is built doesn't really suit itself for me for driving. I don't know it. the The driving feels too floaty. The stick, the stuff on the triggers as well. I have to turn off immediately. Oh yeah, me too. All the resistance just feels awful. Oh it, yeah, um, I don't like the resistance triggers for shooting uh, in any game I've played yet. And it, yeah, even in in driving, I think Dirt Five. I may mention it on the the podcast that. Yeah, it's unnecessary, and the amount of pressure you have to put on the trigger to actually yeah. accelerate into five is just—it's too much. You don't want to have to do that. Yeah, yeah, it—it—it it, it feels odd. It—it's it, an extra layer of complexity. I don't feel needs to be there. As my brain as a player is like, I get what you're trying to do, but like these levels of resistance really don't feel nice here to play. Yeah, often you can change the um, effect. You can change yeah. how much resistance, uh, or you can just turn it off. Uh, some cases, like Cyberpunk, I have just turned it all the way off. Yeah. Nothing beats the Astrobot uh, demo. No, exactly. Yeah. This is the thing. It always feels half-assed in everything else I've played so far, which is a shame. I'm waiting for that game to come along. It'll probably be an Astrobot game that will actually... It's probably in Horizon, to be fair. Like I, Neither of us has played Forbidden West. I'm sure no. they probably do some great things with it, but... For me, it just doesn't work in the driving year. I just I don't like the driving in general. It reminds me too much of GTA, and I think the streets are too condensed and compact, and there's too many lampposts and stuff for it to feel pleasant. I just keep crashing my car into stuff. By accident I think it's the case of learning. It's it's not. It doesn't feel the same as say, GTA, for instance. Uh, I think you will probably get to grips with it the more you drive around. And I'm you'll sure. stop crashing into lampposts. I remember when I first played GTA 4, I was crashing into lampposts all the time. Do you, do you not think the AI in all the cars is really shit as well, though? Because like, there's been times where I've tried to overtake things, and I've accidentally bumped into the side of a car, and it would speed up and go down the road. No. And then it would just slow down and stop for no reason, and then i crash into the back of it and do the there's same thing again. There's been a couple of instances like that, but for the most part, I don't really find that when I'm playing it. I, I had Although I play a lot more driving games than you do. Yeah, this is probably <laughs> true. I just honestly, like, I looked at the map. I was like, why can't I fast travel? <laughs> I don't want you to can. drive. I couldn't to the point I needed to get to okay. to start this big mission. So. But there are those computers around that on the map that you can go to and you can fast travel from, from those. Yeah. But yeah. no, like, I can't just, like, drop onto a point of the map and go fast travel here. I can't get in my car and go, like, drive me here, please, because that would be really nice. Oh, there are those automated taxis. I don't know if you can actually use them yourself. Uh, there is a mission involving them. Yeah. Uh, I th- have you done that yet? No, I haven't. Okay. Oh, yeah, there's one mission where you get picked up by one of the taxis. Yeah, yeah. it drives you. Drives okay. you and uh, Jackie. Uh, yeah. And that's nice, isn't it? You've got, uh, from the off, you've got a character, a one-to-one uh, dialogue with a character. It's quite likeable. And Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like the character interactions. Like I said, I, I don't get why people are so harsh on the narrative in this game, I think. Oh, it gets really interesting later on. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the 17-hour mark now, I think. Wow. And I've had some really good interactions with some of the, the characters. And you really feel that the your, your relationship with the characters develops as the game goes on. Because you may do one story mission with them that's integral 
to the main story, uh, then there'll be a side quest where you get to meet them again, and then your relationship yeah. might develop a bit further, mm-hmm. um, and you find out more about them as well as a character, and you kind of look forward to maybe another mission with them so you can learn more about them. There's several quite interesting characters, uh, all female, interestingly enough. Okay. Uh, it's like three female characters I can think of off the top of my head which I've had recurring missions with who actually have something really interesting to say in their like backstories um, there are male characters like, I've thought like Jackie and Takamura I think he's uh, anyway yeah. you, you obviously you aren't as far as me so I don't want to still I don't want to spoil everything but I'm happy to hear that you you're quite liking your experience with it so far because I, I really think this is a game I keep coming back to and I think it's one of those games you can just play for a short while if you like but I do often find if I, I intend to play it for a short while I do play it for a good hour probably every time I pick it up I mean the fact that you're 17 hours in really says a lot. I mean you how notoriously you took like 7 years to beat Tomb Raider which is like an 8 hour game. So good it's on, not an 8 hour about... game mate. It's, it's a bit longer than that. It's about 9 Tom. It's not that long. Oh, well it's a very different type of game than it Cyberpunk. Is. Cyberpunk true. is um a world and experience and when you play it on easy I guess you could progress through yeah. it. You know, you don't get those moments so much where you're like really frustrated with it and you just walk away because you can't do something. Yeah. I think on easy, you can really enjoy it without the frustration of the difficulty level. Yeah. No, I, there, was I like a, there was one moment where I was just fighting mechs at the end of a, a thing. Yeah. There was like two mechs and I was just throwing grenades at them and they weren't really doing much. And I was like, Okay, I think this would probably be really difficult if I was playing this on easy, but I was just running up behind it and just using a shotgun, uh, which yeah. felt weird. Kind of felt like it broke the game a little bit, but I was like, okay, if this is what there I was do, a this moment is what I, do. I had where it glitched out. There was like a, a boss character, and they were really tough. Um, but thankfully for me, it, the boss character got caught on part of the level and just got yeah. stuck, so I could just shoot it over and over again. So, you know, still, you do find odd little bugs. Um, nothing, I think, that's game-breaking. I mean, luckily enough, I've been playing this since the PS5 patch, so uh, yeah. upgrade or whatever they're calling it, PS5 version. Yeah. So I haven't found a lot of that, but, you know, it's still there occasionally. But in this at this point, it definitely worked to my benefit, and I was quite happy for this character. I'm <laughs> sure you were. It sounds, it sounds like one of those happy accidents. Yeah, I, I got um, it's really weird though, right? Like the first bit of the game, it seems like weapons are going to be, and like weapons and clothing in particular, and stuff you equip to yourself are going to be quite hard to come by, or at yeah. least like something I have to buy. They, they, they are weapons, not but clothes. I would yeah. say more so. Weapons like, are quite. Yeah, no, I place. just I did a mesh I just did that mission with Militech, like I said, yeah. with the mechs at the yeah. end. I just got like eighty new weapons, it felt like. I was like, okay, cool, I'll use this tactical shotgun. It looks really nice. And it's also got like plus fifty damage on whatever yeah. the hell I had before. Yeah, you'll you not have to worry about weapons, you'll you'll find them all over the place. Um clothing tends to be a little bit harder to find. Occasionally you might just get involved in like some like a gang war every so yeah. often as you drive around. And usually at these little areas where the gangs are, there'll be like a crate with clothes in. Uh, okay. Um and you can pick up some good stuff like that. I mean, since I posted that picture to our Twitter 
um, a while ago. Uh, I've changed the clothing a lot. I also found a shop where you can buy clothing. Uh, oh, I've only okay. found one shop so far where you can buy stuff. But uh, yeah, also it's fun upgrading as well. I mean, I'm level 20 now. And yeah, I've got quite a few upgrades that are definitely working to my benefit. And there's a lot of um, options there. There's a lot of freedom in how you want to customize your character and what you want to focus on. What such. are you what are you specking in mainly as like your character specs like a well, that thing? to be fair I haven't really thought it out very much I just sort of go oh yeah a bit of power will be good because once I couldn't open this door because I yeah. needed more strength so I made sure I I up that um I like the close combat because occasionally when I'm fighting I like to shoot them a bit and then just go in with the sword so there's like yeah. a perk that gives you more um um, strength if you finish off uh, an enemy with a sword you know yeah. you go into a certain mode where the sword will do more damage after the yeah. enemy's health has you know, sort of got to a certain point so things like that I've sort of uh, you can adjust it to your play style there are a lot of yeah. options there I've tried to be quite level across the board I think and upgrade everything uh, yeah. the same but the power aspect of it I've focused more on my because there's two upgrade levels there's, there's the base stat and then within the base stat, there's several different abilities that you can yeah. upgrade within that, and you've probably seen that already. Yeah, I, have. I did find it confusing at first. I didn't, I could do, I didn't know that you just press square on the base stat to upgrade it. I was always going into that with X and then upgrading with the yellow, the perk points. Yeah. And of course, you also have other points, the attribute points that you can just put on to the main blue stat by mm -hmm. pressing square. And I didn't realize that. So like for the longest part, I'd like eighteen like attribute um, yeah. <laughs> points I could spend and then I worked out to spend them uh, yeah that was good so the Fair game enough. doesn't really explain those things to you at all no it I, never I, says how I to had do to it. actually google how to the the mission I just did with the Militech stuff is like an optional task to call a woman and like set up a oh, meet oh yeah oh yeah I couldn't use figure the out the fucking life for me how to do that and I had to look it's on the d-pad it, it isn't even on the d-pad like the way the I phone. did it was yeah, but I couldn't get the phone to come up on the D-pad. I think so it's down normally, and the phone comes up. You can do messages or calls, up or down. <sighs> oh, one I, of them. I've missed that then, or I've forgotten to do that. Cause <laughs> it's I, all in the I, bottom left-hand corner of the screen. It does show you on screen what button you need to press to do. icons are tiny, They're though. tiny. They are, never yeah. read what they are, and I accidentally always inject myself with the health thing. Cause I'm like, oh, no, oh that's up. Yeah, that is up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's definitely up on the D-pad. I'm having to do that quite a lot. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> Especially against the mech with the shotgun. <laughs> yeah, but I'm having great fun with it. And uh, I think if you stick at it, Matt, there's a lot more to enjoy. That game just gets better and better the longer you play it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I own the physical copy of this game. Like, I'm only just doing the demo now because I assume at the end of the demo there'll be a thing to be like, hey, transfer your save or whatever. So I haven't done that yet. Well, I just but... say, do you want to buy it? That's what yeah. it's like. I was like, yes, I do want to buy it. Definitely. I've already, I've already bought it, so I'm sure yeah, I can just put the disc in. I'm sure it'll like sync, but I just don't yeah. want to mess it up. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. do what happened with apparently Ghost of Tsushima for a lot of people that they can't buy the PS5 upgrade now because they downloaded the Legends mode, the multiplayer, and um, for some reason that has told the PS store that they have the PS5 version, and so therefore they can't upgrade their PS4 copies anymore because they have Legends. So oh, there's dear. loads of weird, glitchy stuff like that in upgrades and things on the PlayStation 5 at the moment, it sounds like. So I, I don't want to tempt fate and lose I haven't even downloaded um, Legends yet. 
that's multiplayer, isn't it? Yeah. If you if you have the PS4 version and plan to upgrade it, don't is what I hear. I'm not sure if they patched it now, but that was the case on launch of Legends. So, hmm. yeah, funny games. But all in all, I I think Cyberpunk's pretty good. Um, I'm glad it's not a glitchy mess. I still don't think, even on the PS5, that it's got that level of fidelity that I saw some of, out of some of those early screenshots for PC builds, but I don't, I don't really care that much. It's fine. I think it's a great-looking game. I really do. I think, I think uh, it for me, it feels like, oh, I'm, gr- I'm really happy to be playing something on my PS5 that seems to be making use of the fact I've got a PS5. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, no, I get you. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like it a lot, mm-hmm. so you, as you, you can tell. You've not been tempted then to get um, either Elden Ring, which I think also does no. the same, or Stranger in Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. No, no, um, no. I'm intrigued with Final Fantasy, but I just this I don't want to play that when I can play Cyberpunk. Really, Fair. right now, that I'm into that game, um, and to be honest, all I've been going between is Cyberpunk and Project Cars Three, just lately. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, that's a bit. I mean, that's a bit boring for the podcast, but uh, they they've been my two go to games. Now, I do still play online with friends on a Thursday night, and I've got back into Fallout seventy six again. So that would be another one, I guess. So, yeah. and uh, now Team Sonic Racing's free. Uh, been playing that a little online. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and Worms. Worms is a <laughs> staple <laughs> still yeah. to this day. The amount of uh, hours I've put into multiplayer Worms WMD is uh, pretty immense. I don't doubt it, Tom. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, you you have a Worms shrine for a reason. Oh yeah, I actually meant to talk to you about Worms because um, I saw that Limited Run had done a um, limited release of the original console version of Worms. Right. As uh, a Game Boy version, a Super Nintendo version, and a Mega Drive Genesis version. Um. Reasonably expensive, but pretty nice. And I was about to do it. I was about to buy all three, buy the Uber edition of one of them, and just buy the standard editions of the other two. And I was going to yeah. buy the Game Boy one because you get key ring with the Game Boy cartridge on. Mm-hmm. And I thought that looked the nicest key ring. Anyway, um, then I didn't. I thought, hang on, you know, I'm doing this more to be completist, to say, oh, I need this in my Worms collection. Yeah. I saw that they'd done Worms Armageddon for the N64 not so long ago. And mm-hmm. I totally missed that out. And so I was yeah, like, me too. Well, I... I've already missed that, so now it doesn't matter anymore. I can just draw a line at where I stopped collecting Worms games. I don't need to buy the Evercade game. I don't even have an Evercade. Um, so uh, I can say, I collected Worms games up to that point. And that's that. Well, I mean, the thing is, right, you just don't... I said this to you when you started going, yes, I will buy all of the Worms games. <laughs> just don't get the ones for the consoles you don't have. You don't need to own it on cons- every console, especially ones that you don't own. I I saw that they had done Worms Armageddon. I wasn't I wasn't aware that they had also done the original Worms for Game that's Boy. That's recent. Yeah, that's the recent one. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I did pick up... I bought the collector's edition, the nice black box of um, Return of the Ninja and Shantae, because I, I like both those Game Boy Color games. I bought the regular edition, because I think that's all there was, of Starhawk, which is a pretty obscure shmup for the Game Boy. I didn't buy Tailgater, because I already have it boxed. Um, as, as nice and as rare as that game is, I was like, oh, I'm not going to bother. 
Yeah, limited run, man. I I find a hard time keeping up now. There's also just a million people releasing their own homebrew stuff as a physical game by game, and I just I'm not. I I like playing good game by homebrew, like playing things like Super Jetpack DX and Deadless. I think is how you pronounce it. Have been really fun experiences. I mean, obviously like Toby Toby Girl as well. But I just I. I find more interest in the historical aspects of the original games rather than playing new stuff. Hmm. I, I, I like guess throwing... it's always interesting to see what, what can be done with the Game Boy technology nowadays and how maybe the approaches are different to how they utilise the yeah, Game Boy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's, I, also, I think for me, the, the big thing is, especially with stuff like Worms, I already own it. Like, I already have it. Well, the, it. On, the only reason I got the... Starhawk was because at some point in time my brain was like, oh, I I almost have all of the shmups for this console boxed. Maybe I should just get this because it's a very very pricey game. If I were to get the original box for it, but even even then I'm just like oh, I didn't. I looked at the packaging. It's a one to one of the original packaging. The pack like the the cover art is nice, but then there's it's, it's very bare bones on the back. It's just a bit of text and one or two screen grabs. And I was like, oh, I didn't really need this box. I've already got this cartridge. <laughs> Why did I do this? Yeah, sometimes you get that sort of buyer's remorse, don't you? Maybe I would have if I'd bought that Worms. But um, the Armageddon one looked really good. What you got with it was the kind of Worms collectibles that I w- wouldn't have minded having in my Worms display when I eventually display my collection somewhere, someday. Uh, but yeah, I- I'm-, I'm kind of relieved in a way that I missed out on Armageddon because it meant that I don't feel like I need to buy the Worms one now. Yeah, um, but yeah, I do. I do generally think that what you get is nice, and in this case, you're buying it more for the collectible aspect than you are to actually play the games. Because of course, you know, I can play the games, no problem. I guess with the Armageddon yeah. one, it would have been the US N64 game, which would have been unplayable anyway. Yeah, that's true. I'm not <laughs> sure how they do that stuff with the cartridge games. To be honest with you, I mean, obviously, Game Boy is region free, so I've never really mm. had to think about it. But I mean, the the Super Nintendo game is clearly the American one, so yeah, I would assume that the the N sixty four games are the US ones. Um, or can you buy both? That's the question. I don't know, but uh, I don't need to worry about that anymore. I no. did, however, get the <laughs> Special Edition King of Fighters fifteen recently. Yeah. Um, lovely again. Pigs and Love never uh, fail to impress with uh, their releases. And uh, it's another hard case Neo Geo box, uh, and lovely art book. Got soundtrack, got smart cards, and King of Fighters fifteen. It's fun. I've played a little of it. I mean, I wouldn't say it revolutionized. Revolution. I can't say the word. It revolutionized. Revolutionizes the the King of Fighters formula very much, but yeah. <laughs> and it's also a huge install on the PS five. It's like one hundred and forty gig or something. Really? I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? How? <laughs> it, it takes up a lot of space on your PS5, so maybe I should have got the PS4 one. It would have been... But I do wonder, you know, nowadays with... I mean, there are plenty of PS5 owners, but comparatively, there's definitely more PS4 owners. How collectible the PS5 version of something like King of Fighters 15 would be, because I can't imagine everyone's buying it. Yeah, that's the um, interesting thing, right? I think... Actually, through 
so many of these limited edition games being made now and the market kind of becoming saturated with loads of companies trying to do it, I am very curious to see like which ones the one will stand the test of time and will any of the releases they release actually hold their value over the long I think run? It's safe to say the PS5 version's gotta be rarer than the PS4 version, hasn't it? I mean Or would it... everyone just think the same as me? Well I've got a PS five, so I'll just get the PS five version. I have no idea. I mean, you you sometimes get this, don't you, where people will release stuff, you know, like Persona 4. Uh, Persona 5 is very rare for the PS3 because it was a late PS3 game and everyone just bought it for the PS4 instead. Oh, yes, yeah. You get some things like, I mean, you know, uh, Twilight Princess on the GameCube is infinitely worth more than the one on the Wii and all these But then things. again, I don't think Breath of the Wild on Wii U ever really kept it. Its value did it? Yeah, I I, did it? I think okay, so. Fair enough. That's why I was annoyed you when you were like, "Oh, I bought a copy of Breath of the Wild for hundred kroner." I was like, "I wanted one." Did I? I know yeah. I bought it full price. No, you didn't. You bought it in BR, or you saw it in BR and said like, "Oh, they had them for hundred kroner." But I wasn't no, that no wasn't one. Breath of the Wild. No, I bought that full price. You bought it full price then, but trust me, you saw one because I okay, ran there to enough. get it, and they were all yeah. gone. Okay. Wow. It doesn't yeah. matter, Tom Paris, 100 kroner I spent on something else that I probably enjoyed more. <laughs> Rather than something that would just sit on my shelf for all eternity, it's fine. Because you have the. Safe to say you have the Switch version. I not because you don't version. like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, no, I, yeah, let's, let's be honest. It's one of my favourite games of all time. But no, I, I, I have it. it. I don't need two copies of it. Going back to our Worlds conversation, it's something I would never play. I would probably have never opened that Wii U copy and probably ended up selling it sealed in a couple of years' time. But. Really I did something recently for my fighting game, physical fighting game collection. I own a digital copy of uh, JoJo's uh, Bizarre Adventure, um, Eyes of Heaven, but I bought a physical copy for 15 quid recently. Which one's that? Is that the PS4 one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you have and it's, yeah. the original JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Do you have that on the PlayStation on the Dreamcast? Well, you gave it to me. You gave me a copy on uh, disc and instructions oh, of the first one yeah. for PlayStation. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I was yeah. that was I bought it in that weird shop in Cyprus. So I used to have uh, the first one. I assume that was no. It's not necessarily the first JoJo game, is it? But that the one you're speaking of, the one that was yeah. on the Dreamcast and PlayStation. I used to have it on the Dreamcast. I didn't really like it, so I, I, I had a period of selling games. And I sold that. Um, yeah. But then I was happy, obviously, when you gave me the um, PlayStation one, so I can still I, play it. Yeah, I've forgotten I'd given you that. I I remembered buying you something there, but I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> like I I realized the other day, like that I bought loads of really rare, expensive games there and left some stuff that I'm like, oh, I should have just bought that. It was nothing. Like I they had. Didn't uh, the you get cl- um uh, what's it I, called? I got, Clock Tower. I got Clock Tower. I yeah. got Trombon. Um. I got something else as well. I got like they also they just had loads of stuff. They had like Klonoa volleyball, which I regret not buying, even though I never would have played it. I just I ended up just buying things because they were really really cheap, and the guy in the store was really nice. So I was like, oh well, I'm gonna buy stuff. Why not? Doesn't happen anymore. I wonder if anything's happening like that right now at the London gaming market that I'm not at. I doubt it, Tom. I I I thought no, I don't need anything particularly. Um, I don't necessarily want to be in that environment today. Uh, but uh, I, I would have gone. Like, yeah, as I said to you, I if I was there, I would have gone with you quite happily. There's actually a Copenhagen toy fair on at the moment as well, which I wanted to go to, but 
after going to the UK and having a run around there, I was like, oh, actually, I'm I'm okay. I need a breather from being in packed conditions with loads of people. Yeah, that's what I wasn't really fancying because you know, as there aren't so many restrictions around COVID anymore, it is still definitely there, and I. I don't, yeah, I'm still a little bit wary about mm. that kind of thing, at least. It's fair. Well, then, Tom Perry, may I suggest um, you do what I did and hop on a train down to Leon C and go visit our good friend Ali. Oh, and... yeah, sure, yeah. The retro. Not in a mask sort of sweaty bodies uh, gaming market type situation. No, exactly. You can go down there and have a good time. Um, I popped in to say hello finally, as you know, full disclosure, I guess. I designed the signs. Uh, for both um, the Retro Hunters store and also the arcade uh, that he co-owns called Neon Knights. So I kind of wanted to half see those in the flesh. I was staying in a place that was literally next to Fenchurch Station, which is the easiest way to get there from London. And so I was like, okay, I'm slightly hungover. I'm going to sit on a train for 45 minutes and feel sorry for myself. And then I'm going to go and cheer myself up with some retro games. So I did that. Um, Went there. I've met Ali before, obviously, a scholar and a gentleman. And just picked up some stuff there. Um, I'm amazed at his stock, to be honest with you. He's got some absolutely amazing stuff and things I, I don't really see in retro game shops anymore. I mean, it's very rare these days you walk into a place and in a display cabinet for the PS1 you can see a copy of Sikadin 2 and also Castlevania Symphony of Night. Also just like the Valis games on the Genesis and... There was a really nice stock of satin stuff. I ended up going through his Master System things that he just had loads of stuff that had manuals. And as you know, Tom, Parry, there is a a certain prudishness sometimes around Master System collection and everyone wanting it to be fully complete with the manual and everything else. I don't care. I just want to play the games. And so I grabbed some things like Glovelius. I grabbed New Zealand Story. I got a copy of Cloudmaster, which is a, a vertical scrolling shmup. Like, there was lots and lots of really nice stuff there. I picked up some Game Boy games as well. They, they're nothing really of note, if I'm totally honest. It was just stuff I needed to complete my Game Boy Color collection. Mm-hmm. And just also just some Game Boy Advance games that I'd never really seen. I grabbed Saber Wolf, which I've long been curious about because it's rare as in the company rare, but also apparently somewhat obscure as a Game Boy Advance car. I just assumed it wasn't one that was released here because... As you oh, know, I remember Saber Wolf on Game Boy Advance from yeah. my days working in game. It's just yeah. just things I, I don't usually see out and about in the UK, and even in some of the, the better retro stores I've gone to, I just think Ali's stock was amazing. There's also toys as well. He had loads of really nice G1 Transformers, but I've had to, I've had to make a deal with myself to say I'm not going to buy any more Transformers because I can't even display the ones I have. Yeah, I think you have to say to yourself sometimes that it's better maybe not to go down that road. And that's partly why I'm not at that London game market today because, you know, I don't necessarily want to spend more money on games right now. Well, I mean, if if you know what you want, right? If there are yeah, things right. that I, I you definitely want. There isn't, I, particularly. I don't know if I've told you this. This is my This is how I operate now in terms of buying stuff. I have a list, like I have a list on my phone of things I want, be that manga, be that video games, be that DVDs, whatever it is, or like if I need tools for around the house and whatever, I have a list. 
and if it is not on that list, I will not buy it anymore. Like, there is stuff I will add to it and go like, oh, if I see that cheap, I'll grab it. Um, so, for example, you know, it's got the volumes of My Hero Academia I haven't got. It's got Jojo's Bizarre Adventure volumes that I'm still missing and things on it. And then, you know, occasionally... <laughs> um, decent-sized pair of pliers is one of the things that is written on this list. And so when I go around now in charity shops and stuff, I look. But if it is not on that list, like, I, I have seen some stuff recently, like Game Boy things here in Denmark on things like uh, De Blue Vis, which is a kind of like a Danish Craigslist. And I've gone, oh, that's a really good price for that Game Boy game, but I'm like, oh, I don't fucking need it. I'm not going to buy stuff for the sake of it anymore. I'm not going to go out of my way to buy something if I don't need it or don't want it because I've got... Although, mm, I guess sometimes, though, when you go out and you find something you don't necessarily think you want, but you kind of, like, it's quite exciting. Oh, actually, yeah, I would really like that. I haven't thought about that before. Hey, but, man, don't get me yeah. wrong. If I if I go into a charity shop and I see something cool, if yeah. it's cheap enough, I'll buy it. Like, I do... I, I have that with books, right? Like, um... I don't know if I'm mentioning it in this podcast. This is a complete side tangent, but like Denmark has a tax on books, and so books here are quite expensive. And so getting English books, especially, is a bit of a pain in the bum because they tend to be marked up on what you would pay for them in the UK, and then they've got book tax on top. Wow! Of them, so so more money than Waterstones. You, you can pay honestly. You can pay like twenty quid for a book here, man. Like if you yeah, well um, you can here as well. Yeah, no, but I mean like a. A so, for example, like Marta, Marta was really into novel. Shadow and Bone. My wife was into that Shadow and Bone series, and here they're like, I could see the price on the back one was like seven ninety nine. Here they were like almost twenty quid each, and I was just like, hmm, I don't know, like for the, the English factor. version, for the English yeah. version, yeah. But I mean, yeah, Danish cause... books are also really expensive because they got low print runs because there's only five million Danes. Hmm. It, but yeah, it, so I will be at the back and call of stuff. So if I go to a charity shop and they have good English books, I will tend to buy things. Like, for example, recently I bought A Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky. And I was like, oh, great. I want, I've want. i always wanted to read more Russian literature. I should pick this up. But that then comes at the cost of me going home and going, right, okay, what on this bookshelf am I never going to read or not read again? I've got a pile of books to take to the charity shop next time I go because I'm trying to keep my bookshelves to a minimum and i also just realized look unless it's a book that really means a lot to me i am not probably going to read it again so I, i've just taken to like culling my book library as i go along well i have a few films and such you know that i may have watched once and know i'm probably never going to watch again i could yeah. probably make some room for some new ones by getting rid of the old ones yeah i the only the only dvd slash film i bought for f- forever i bought parasite when i was in the uk which annoyingly then immediately came on amazon prime after i bought it i was like i should have just waited was speed racer because i remember Mm. watching that with you and it not being the best film of the world but i remember really enjoying certain bits of it and so i Mm. wanted to watch speed racer again after watching the matrix i think i have a blu-ray copy of speed racer and license to wed is a double i got i got the same one (laughs) (laughs) i watched license to wed it was all right yeah i i I don't it was like it was twenty krona in a charity shop for both of them. I guess it came with some like Blu-ray bundle. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Anyways, oh, complete side memories. tangent. If, yes. Yeah, but Tom, I honestly, I recommend you go there and check out Ali Shop. It is great. If you are in the greater London area or if you are visiting London, it's like 40 minutes out of London on a train. Like, you can get there pretty easily if you, especially if you're in like Zone 1 around Tower Bridge, you can just go to Fenchurch and go there. I, I highly recommend it. I, I want to go there again and I think if I am there for a longer period of time and not just a weekend, if I stay there for a week again like I did this time, I think maybe it'll become one of the regular things I do. Cool. Yeah. So how about this uh, state of play then? Are we going to chat a little bit about that? Was there anything there that you saw? This was uh, Sony's one. When was it? Yeah. Uh, a few days back at the time of recording this. It was a. It was during uh, the time March the ninth. March 9th. It was. Yeah. March 9th. So it's it's a little while ago now. But uh, it was very uh, Japanese developer-centric. Was there anything there that really caught your eye? I mean, to be fair, like the thing that I think a lot of people talked about and the only thing that is is technically Japanese-developed, but I mean, it, it, it isn't really because the collection is being done by a Western studio, is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Kawabunga For collection. me, that was the most exciting thing, for me personally. Um, nice to have them all in one place on a modern console, I think. All yeah. All those retro Turtles games. I'm just, I'm very excited by it. I think just having the ability, for example, to play the arcade version and the Super Nintendo version and Hyperstone Heist of Turtles mm. in Time. They're even including like the Mega Drive version of Tournament Fighters. Yeah, it's And the, the NES version of Tournament Fighters, which is a very expensive game. Mm-hmm. Um, because I guess it wasn't. It was a very late NES game, wasn't it? Also, um, the Manhattan Project, right, is a, is quite a pricey sure. NES game, from what I understand. So great little collection. It's not too similar to what uh, Konami did uh, not so long ago with Contra and Castlevania. And they did Castlevania Advance collection not so long ago. So there seems to be a real push from Konami to re-release their retro games. And thankfully, they've come to some agreement with Nickelodeon, I guess, uh, who now I think own the. Turtles, do they? Yeah, I think I in think In some so. capacity. I know they're always uh, plastered on uh, any Turtles product, Nickelodeon. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, really excited and uh, good to have it on the Switch too, perhaps, because uh, you've got portable versions of all these great uh, retro games. Well, I mean, also for me, I think the thing that kind of stands out about this release is that it's been done by Digital Eclipse, um, mm-hmm. who have recently through a lot of the stuff they've done like the blizzard collection and they did the Mega Man collections yeah. and they've added to them as well like blizzard collection you had like a totally redone version of rock and roll racing on there yeah widescreen it, and yeah they tend to they tend to dig into lots of behind the scenes stuff as well and apply a lot of the history to that and like they really dig into these companies' archives and don't just emulate the game as is. They add all stuff around the yeah. sides. Like the Mega Man collection has got loads of artwork and stuff I've never seen before of character designs and stuff. It's really cool. I really, I really like that. Appreciate like that little added bits of detail and appreciation to mm-hmm. that detail, and also the fact that yeah, I'm sure the ports will be absolutely amazing. Digital Clips are a studio that. I mean, it's the same studio, Tom, uh, who put Dragon's Lair on the Game Boy. Like, they are they are wizards, some of the older guys, like Mike Michael, who work at that studio, are, are optimizing things for consoles, and I'm sure this will be no exception. I'm sure 
these will be almost perfect ports of these Total games, which is very exciting to me. Hey, I've, Matt, there was one game in that um, video that I thought you might like, the one with the dinosaurs. Because it looked to me, it's from Capcom, it's a bit like uh, like Lost Planet uh, in a way, but with dinosaurs in a city. Oh, I haven't actually seen the trailer to this. Ah, I had had heard that it would be something up my street and someone compared it to Lost Planet. You are not the first. What's that called? Um, I can't remember. I'm going to just... Is it Primal by any chance? Exo Primal? That sounds about right. Game from Capcom. Yeah, okay, Overwatch meets Earth Defense Force. Robots fighting dinosaurs, there you go. I mean, this this sounds like something <laughs> up my street. It definitely looks very Matt Boyle, yeah, Exoprimal is, is the name. This does look very Lost Planet, I can see what you mean. Oh. And there's a lot of dinosaurs on screen. There is a lot of dinosaurs <laughs> on screen. Okay, yeah, no, this, this looks like something that would be up my street. Yes, yes, I, I am here for the Exoprimal. There you go, so... so Exoprimal gets uh, Matt Boyle's uh, thumbs oh, up. The dinosaurs are raining off the side of the building. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, this is this is a day one Matt Boyle purchase. Unfortunately, sometime in twenty twenty three. And do you have um, any interest in uh, Ghostwire Tokyo? I do. I saw that the game is not out until next week, right? But I saw that mm. they have dropped a prequel chapter, so there is a demo available for oh, you to cool. try. I want to do that, but I also want Kirby, which is also up next week, because I, I just need Kirby in my life. I just need a twee third-person post-apocalypse. Yeah, I'll hold off Kirby for now, I'll, but I'll get it later down the line. I'm g- I still need to play the demo for it. I, I, I'm very tempted to grab that game, but let's see. I've got too much to play at the moment. I think I did say maybe a couple of weeks ago, that was it, must buy Kirby, but not right now. I, I don't need another one, because I haven't been back to Pokemon Legends Arceus for a little yeah. while. I I still haven't completed that game. I just need to get the last of the Spiritomb shard things. Mm. Like there's like wisps of Spiritombs around the levels. I just need to get those, and then I can finally complete Arceus. But I haven't gone around to do it because I don't want to fly around a map. It seems really tedious. Um, no, there. I mean, for me, this is a a great state of play. Like there's lots of stuff that was announced that is in my wheelhouse. Final Fantasy? I mean... Origin? Origins? No, I don't really care about that. game's actually out now. I feared it's not not very good. Um, Well, it depends what you want, I guess. I think it's... uh, Opinion's been divided. Uh, For those who really enjoy that style of game, I think uh, it's... it, It pushes the right buttons, but... It hasn't been sort of embraced by a wider uh, audience. I think I think I it think. suffers by being released so close to Elden Ring. I mean, if you're going yeah, to make possibly. that kind of game, then do it. The, to be honest, with you, the weird the weird draw I have to it is I get kind of um, Shadows of the Damned vibes from the main character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like the sort of tongue in cheek sort of uh, dialogue. Uh, I, it does take you back. Like like Exo Primal, those sort of games from the Xbox three sixty PS three era. Um, what's that one Sega one? Um, oh gosh, I can't remember what it was called now. Where you sort of like a squad of um, soldiers, and you talk the voice, the headsets, and uh, oh gee, gee. 
bi- bionic now something no God, i'm not can't I, remember I, can't remember i'm not i can't remember oh um, bioforce bionic force no no, no, I'm not no. sure, mate. I don't know what game you're talking about. Oh, gosh, I'll try and find out. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. I'll probably pick it up when it's on sale. Um, one game I will probably pick up as soon as it comes out uh, is Valkyrie Elysium, which is another game in the Valkyrie Profile series. I really like the first Valkyrie Profile, even though I am mm. shit at tactical games. I think there is something in how that game works and you being an angel who's going around like Sukkothen style trying to collect as many characters as you can and how that art style unfolded. I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. This seems to be more of an action RPG, which to be honest, is kind of more my speed. So I was like, okay, as soon as I saw that, I I, I won a little bit of it. I've, I found out what that game was. It was Binary Domain. Oh, okay. Which is Ryoga Gotoku Studio. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realise Binary Domain was by them. I might have to yeah. pick up Binary Domain. <laughs> Binary Domain was pretty fun, yeah. I just... Uh, the sensibilities of that game made me think of... Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Exoprimals and uh, maybe Stranger of Paradise. That, that sort of style of action game. I have seen, I've seen <laughs> this game so many times in like car boot sales. I've never picked it up. I had I known, I would I would have got it. Never mind. Okay, well that, I'm gonna add that to the list, Tom Parry. Yeah, the do- game director was yeah. uh, Toshihiro uh, Nagoshi. Yeah. Very interesting. I did not know. Um, one game I won't be picking up though on the tactical front is the Diofield Chronicle. Um. It strikes me that Square Enix probably has lawyers that are like, no, you need to make names that are very unique so we can trademark them. Because, I mean... Triangle Strategy? Is triangle that Strategy, Bravely Default. Like, what are these names, Tom? Like, what, I think why? it's typically Japanese, isn't it? Uh, yeah, subtitles. But I mean, I'm thinking like, of games with certain subtitles. Uh, bravely games, Default, but... Valkyrie Profile. These are these are names that I'm like, okay, I get what hey, you... What's that Klonoa thing called? Oh, I can't the Klonoa compilation. Yeah. That's got a really weird... Subheading. I mean, to be fair, like the Dio Field, the Dio or Dio Field Chronicle is not as bad as Triangle Strategy. But how about Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series? Hey man, like I, I'll, you can put Klonoa on anything, Tom. I'll buy it. God, the cover's amazing, actually. Just yeah. looking at the, the the box art for the Klonoa collection. Nice. Okay, that's that on the uh, six of. Uh, June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry um, to put in. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, I mean, JoJo, as we talked about before, is uh, the re-release of the PlayStation 3 JoJo game. Yeah, because confused at first. I thought, oh, this will be the PS4 game re-release. I was actually, oh no, the gameplay's not like the PS4 game. Uh, it's actually, uh, I think the PS3 game was, was, was better. It definitely appealed to my sensibilities more. Yeah. The eyes of Heaven. I mean, but you rent the rent from the library, didn't you? I did. Have you played it yet? Uh, no, I have not. Um, I I wanted to, but it was it. I needed to take it back. Someone else had renewed it, so I will get it out oh. again and play it. It's because I got I got drawn into Elden Ring and then Cyberpunk, and I haven't really played oh, yeah. much. Um, yeah. I am very curious actually to try. Well, I want to get that Trek to Yomi. 
game. Yeah, yeah. It it gives. I mean, I I love samurai aesthetics anyway, but it gives me very limbo vibes mm-hmm. in the black and whiteness of it. I mean, obviously, it's clearly aimed more at Kurosawa, but the fact that it's like a side-scrolling action game kind of lends itself towards me thinking of Limbo more than Kurosawa. It mm. it it looks interesting. I mean, I it does yeah. I I'm very curious to try it. I I would. Be- very curious to see how long it is apparently it's out in spring so mm. let's see i if that is one of those games that just come comes and comes out very quickly and like, what was oh, nice get up. i think what was nice about this state of play was you know the amount of creativity within the games uh featured uh other than turtles i suppose but uh the other games you know a lot of them had really interesting or unique concepts or uh, art styles um yeah and i think on that no, it was a very strong state of play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, also Forspoken as well. Looks kind yeah, of that's uh, looking impressive. Yeah. There was lots of stuff out of the state of play that I'm like, okay, actually, I would not mind getting these games. Like, there's lots of things there to play. It's also really impressive. It does make me think, though, when you look at this state of play and, like, the focus on Japanese developers... I wonder if there's a focus on Japanese developers because of Microsoft's recent acquisitions. Mm. I think maybe this is kind of Sony saying, like, well, yeah, you can play Bethesda games, you can play these Western games, but, like, we are the home of Japanese Japanese AAA. uh, Game development, yeah. Um, Perhaps. There's also the Switch, though. Yeah, but, I mean, like, you're not going to get a game. No, not the high-end next-generation experiences on the Switch. No, that's right. No, I'm I'm very curious to see how all of this games companies trying to make monopolies thing works out for them because it's just it's very odd to me. But you think I, the next Fallout, for instance, will be Xbox exclusive? The next um, Elder Scrolls. I mean, Star, Starfield is going to be. They've they've mm. made that very clear already. So I mean, they're, they're clear that uh, they're going to support their existing games, uh, like I guess Fallout Four seventy six. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, all those yeah. will be supported on PlayStation for the for, for the future. But yeah. they're new games. That's the question mark, you know. Yeah, it's the not... same with Call of Duty, Activision, and Call of Duty. What's going to happen there? Well, we shall wait and see. That for me feels like they would be shooting themselves in the foot. That for me feels more like it'll be a Minecraft situation. Where yeah, they... it's got to be. You know, there's too much of an audience there on PlayStation to not sell to that audience of people. yeah that's my that's my thinking right like ea lost the fifa license recently as well we didn't really talk about this but that was another yeah. thing that really surprised me where i'm just like well i think people are gonna buy an ea soccer game whether it's licensed or not i think there are a, there's a certain type of gamer who will literally buy the one fifa sports game they're into a year and the call of duty game and i think that yeah. audience is too large to ignore I know Bethesda is huge, but I think Bethesda is a a gateway drug to the Xbox ecosystem. I think you can, I think you could put that on gamers and say, like, look, if you want to play these games on PC, you can. If you want to play them on consoles, you need an Xbox. And I think that yeah, you have to crowd. bear in mind that yeah, they're going to be on PC as well. And Fallout not being on PlayStation is probably going to disappoint a few people. Same with Elder Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. Elder yeah. Scrolls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it could very well happen that it's not Call of Duty. That's the series aren't quite Call of Duty or FIFA, are they? 
I mean, it would even be even though they have a huge following. Did. Like, it would be crazy for me if they were just like, well, no, actually, Call of Duty is now officially an Xbox franchise. Let's see. Who who knows, Tom? Like, I'm and then sure they'll bring they're... Killzone back for the PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. They'll just be like, "Yes, this is the moment. We need more Killzone." Horizon <laughs> Horizon got bodied the second time because we released it alongside a very popular franchise. Let's make another Killzone. I, feel I, sorry. I think it might be all right. Might might happen. Do you think it happened? Another Killzone? I, no, I think th- I think if they did a first person shooter, I think it would be, be something new. Yeah. I don't think it would be Killzone. I don't think it's got the gravitas. Yeah, the name hasn't got. Yeah, I don't. Right. I like. I don't have any nostalgia for Killzone. I've played probably all of those games. the The thing that comes to mind actually when I think of Killzone is, man, I really need to buy that Move controller at some point for the yeah. PlayStation Three. I, I I always think with Killzone, what a stupid name. Yeah, it is really dumb. But <laughs> it's it's like a budget title name, isn't it? Like, oh, Killzone, four ninety nine PS two. Yeah. Well, I mean, Phoenix it, Games. <laughs> I, I mean, what what do you prefer though? Killzone or the Diofield Chronicle. <laughs> well, Killzone, you know what you're getting at least, don't you? <laughs> I mean, triangle strategy. It's, you know what you it know. is. Its name really does uh, describe the game. Whereas, yes. I mean, triangle strategy does say it's a strategy game. Which, you it know, does. Give it you play as three things, yeah. You, you can That's actually it. pretty good. Um, oh, it isn't, though, is it? It's a terrible <laughs> like name, but it's a quite a descriptive name. At yeah. The same time. See, it feels like, you know... You know when Japanese game developers like to create genres? Oh, yeah. Like stealth tactical espionage. It feels to me like triangle strategy should have been that. That it should have been whatever it was, triangle strategy. You know, like... Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't get paid to come up with names for video games, Tom, evidently. But this is how it is. Um, okay. I I think we've, we've blathered on for quite a while. I... I can give a little bit of an update on Elden Ring, but to be honest with you, I've just played more Elden Ring and enjoyed it. Um, it was very odd to come back to it after taking a week off playing it and kind of feeling that the muscle memory for it took a bit longer to warm up than I kind of thought it would. But I, I'm I'm still enjoying that game. I'm still gonna okay. Play so more you're not gonna drop off that anytime soon. No, I, I did. I did take it out of my console yesterday to watch a film, and when I did that, I was like, "Ooh, am I gonna put this game back in?" But I did this morning. Even I was I was gonna play that. I was like, "No, I promised Tom I'd play Cyberpunk," so I went. <laughs> oh, and did thank that. you. To be fair, just so I have something to talk about because if you don't play Cyberpunk, it wasn't begrudging. Like I said, I'm actually enjoying that game, but I do think there was a point in time, especially before I went to the UK, where I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna play an hour of Elden Ring. Just gonna go here. Just gonna have a look around what's on this area of the map." Oh, I died. Okay, I'm tuning off now. Like there was a lot of that of like me wanting to play Elden Ring when I wasn't playing Elden Ring, and I've never had that with a FromSoft Mm. game before. So. I think I found just recently playing Fallout 76 and Cyberpunk, I actually like these first-person RPG adventures. Yeah. Yeah, which is a genre I know can never really get into, but I find those two games make that genre quite accessible to me, and I, I like the world, so I find the world's really appealing and the technology and such. Yeah. So uh, that's, a, yeah, a genre that I am now embracing, which I didn't necessarily think I would, but really, when you think about Cyberpunk... If you like driving and he's <laughs> driving, <laughs> if you've got like GTA, open world GTA type stuff, and you like first person shooters, and you know, you don't mind some good story as well, then yeah, it's a good good one to try. No, I think so. 
I mean, especially as they give you the first five hours for free. Oh, I think that's ending soon, though, isn't it? Is it? I'm not sure. Uh, I think soon, maybe the end of the month. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I'll just install the bloody game then and see what happens. Um, Now, before we finish up, I did want to talk very briefly about uh, some Japanese imports I picked up out of pure curiosity. Japanese imports? So, a couple of PS1 games, one being Stolen Song and Quests for Fame. Now, both these games are music games, and they both make use of a unique PS1 controller I hadn't heard of until very recently. The um, PlayStation V-Pick. Right. Have you heard? Have you seen this uh, accessory? Uh, for no, PS1? I, I'm looking at it now. I mean, let let's be honest. Let's take a moment to talk about the box art for Stolen Song. Yeah. Um, there's two musicians looking at each other over what can only be described as the Chrome Word Artifact from Microsoft Office Suite. Um, and everything's on fire, and at the bottom of the packaging, there is a man playing a guitar solo in the flames. It's a pretty good box art, Tom. A virtual music adventure. Now, I presume it's going to be fairly unplayable due to the Japanese language. Yeah. And uh, But the accessory really intrigued me. It's this PlayStation-branded giant guitar pick on a yeah. controller cord. It- it's really odd. It is literally just like a regular PlayStation controller cord for like a DualShock and then just a big wedge of black plastic on the end of it. So I assume this has some sort of gyro sensor in it uh, so you can reenact strumming a guitar. I hope so. Uh, Now, I have seen instructions for this and it shows a picture of someone holding a tennis racket uh, and then strumming the tennis racket with the... um, accessory so they recommend that you want to pretend you're holding a guitar so t- tennis racket is optional but yeah uh, I, can, advised. I can i can see that on the back there's like um, mm. some walt disney looking esque person holding a tennis racket interesting very interesting yeah i i, I was very interested so i actually have this uh, the box with the controller coming um Fairly affordable, not not a very expensive game, probably because it's practically unplayable. But another game that um, was released that uses that controller is the Aerosmith Quest for Fame. It'd be a virtual rock legend. And this actually looks like it has some English in it. I mean, to be fair, so does um, Stolen Song. Okay, cool. Aerosmith. That would be good. Wow. So there was there were more than there was more than one Aerosmith game on the PlayStation One because of course yeah. Revolution X got a release. Yeah, a release that's there. right. The lesser known Quest for Fame. Quest for Fame. Is there any other games that use this controller? Um, I don't know. I haven't done any further research. I've, I, I thought pr- probably um, two was enough for now. <laughs> I don't know, Tom. I, I until I justify if it's actually that fun because it's it's probably just a gyro sensor in a. Wow, so IBM also released Quest for Fame for the PCs. There is a PC version of this controller as well that I've just discovered. That one is blue. Okay. Yeah, wow. I just thought it was so so weird and wacky that I really wanted to try it. Kind of affordable. There also looks like you can buy a guitar for the PC version of Quest for Fame. Oh, wow. This is pretty rock band. 
Yeah, but pre like, Guitar Hero even. So. It looks like a really, really, really nineties third party controller guitar. It's kind of impressive. Um I'm gonna I'd see, like to if... see that. Yeah. Yeah, it it's it's yeah. Wow. I can So I'll, I'll tell you all about that yeah. when they eventually arrive from Japan. Um please do I'll Tom give you the uh, Tom Parry verdict. And in the, the meantime, V-pick. please figure out if there are any more V Pick games. <laughs> Reminds me of VTEC when you say VPIC. Is it VPIC as in P-I-K or... I think it's P-I-K, I don't know. P-I-C-K or P... P-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, I think. Pick PS1. Matt's doing a little bit of research now. Um, All that is coming up, to be fair, is Stolen Song. So we will have to find out. Tom, you you need to figure this out for us by next week. (laughs) I'll be (laughs) turning on... Uh, my PS2 to play these uh, in in the not too distant future. All that's really showing up, if I'm totally honest with you, is lots and lots and lots of articles about obscure PlayStation One controllers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's you pretty well known, pretty well documented then online. It was just I'd never seen it before, so I was like, "Whoa, I I think I need to try this." I have never seen this before, and that's why I'm so curious now that I'm. I'm Googling this live on air instead of ending this podcast. Okay, let's wrap it up, Tom, because otherwise I'm going to be here all day looking at VPIC I imagine games four going. of them plugged into a multi-tap for a whole band, uh, well, a band of four guitarists. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, well, guitarist, bassist, lead, uh, rhythm, you know. Not, I'm not sure that there are options. I'm sure I'm sure there's two, two player at least. Okay, right. If you've enjoyed us talking about obscure PlayStation 1 accessories, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, on Twitter at TMACast for the two of us, at Tom Parry 11 for him, at Gameboy for me. You can listen to the podcast in a lot of places as well, such as on blastprocess.com, on tomandmattattack.com forward slash podcast, on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. While you're there, why don't you give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? Let us know you're listening, yada, yada, yada. Tom Parry. Always a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Um, and I will see you next week for more talk of the V-Pick and probably also more Cyberpunk and a bit more of Elden Ring. Maybe even a little bit of Kirby if we go there. Who knows? You're really selling it. I mean, you're just frozen in time. You were just you were you were so blown away by the idea <laughs> of hearing all about the V-Pick, which you you Tom Parry, you have the power. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's arrived by then. I hope so, Otherwise, we're just talking about the same games if we don't play anything else. No, I'll play something else. I've got some Game Boy games up my sleeve that I'm going to get into this week as well. Um, I'm so curious to know that Tom Parry is music the weapon in this other Aerosmith game as well. Oh, well, well, then we want to find out. We will find out next week. Until then, everybody, though, be sure, as always, to game on. Bye.